we have been, over the last uh, few weeks, since we put out there all the prophetic stuff for the year, we've been digging into how do we cooperate with the purposes of God for our life. And tonight, this one is very season-specific. Um, it is to do with how we cooperate with this season, uh, but it is very, very season-specific. Um, and that is, this is a fire season. This, this is a season where I believe the fire of God is one of the key motifs of the season. And there are some things that happen in fire seasons that if we don't understand, we're going to want to hop right on out of the season and potentially miss exactly what God is wanting to do because fire seasons are amazing. They're breakthrough. They're passionate. You know, fire is like that. It's passionate. But it also gets pretty hot sometimes. Um, and sometimes we feel like we can't stand the heat, so we kind of hop on out of the kitchen. And uh, I want to dig into that for just a second. Um, the theme of fire throughout Scripture is, is pretty consistent. In fact, fire is one of the metaphors for the Holy Spirit. So he appears like a fire. You know, when the Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, he came like tongues of fire and rested upon them. Um, Jesus said he would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. One of the things that fire does, and this won't be um, in any way unfamiliar to many of you who have been in um, church for a long time because you would have heard stuff on this, is um, the fire of God is a refining fire. Now, what does that mean? Um, Malachi, the Italian prophet, <laughs> Malachi, for those who need an interpretation there. Um, Malachi chapter 3, it says, He will sit as a refiner's fire and a purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. In other words, when the fire of God comes, it acts like this purifying agent with uh, like fire acts on gold and silver. Now, what happens in the process of the refinement of gold and silver is it goes through this stinking, blazing hot fire and what happens is all the impurities, all the, all the yuck stuff in the fire rises to the surface. So you can kind of go, and that, that's what they call dross, the useless stuff. It rises to the top and then you just kind of flick it off the top. And what you're left with is either silver or gold that is refined by fire that is pure. Bricks go through a similar process. It's not kind of a purifying process, but it's a strengthening process. If you build your house with bricks that have not been through a fire, your house is in some serious trouble. Because a decent sneeze, at least out of my nose anyway, <laughs> will blow that thing over. Because bricks are no good to build with unless they've been through the fire. You picking on my nose? Okay, good. Just checking. I mean, it deserves to be picked on. It's, it's, there's a fair bit to pick on, but um, that's, I'm doing a good job of this as myself. Understand. Um, moving right along. Moving right along. So in this season, in a fire season... One of the key works of the Spirit is going to be His refining us. Now, in a refining fire season, one of the things that happens is all of our stuff comes to the surface. How much fun is it when that happens? Yeah. No, it's not real good at all. Thank you, Diane. One honest person. It is not always that much fun. And the th here's the thing, though. If we don't understand the season that we're in, when all of that stuff comes up and kind of presents itself right there in front of you, 
it would be so easy to disqualify yourself. It would be so easy to go, no, there's just too much junk, there's too much dross, I'm checking out. It's too, in, it's too in my face, I can't see anything but my stuff. And if any of you are feeling anything like that, all I want to encourage you with is you are slap bang in the middle of the will of God right now. Because that's what fire does. It brings stuff to the surface. It brings stuff to the surface in us. It brings stuff to the surface in relationships. So relationships are going through the fire in this season. But the idea of the fire is, you know, we saw it with gold and silver, is it brings refining, it brings purification. If I was to sum all of that in something is, it brings upgrade. In other words, when your relationships are going through the fire, it's not because you're meant to check out and just go, well, I'm going to keep my distance. It's actually meant for you to walk through the fire and bring you into a place of upgrade in that relationship, into a place of depth and connection and synergy um, that, that there previously wasn't. If your stuff is coming up and you're tempted to check out, you're actually right in the middle of the upgrade you've been praying for. It just doesn't always feel like it. So a couple of stories quickly. Um, and Acts chapter 28, I think it is. Acts chapter 28, yes. Now, I'm not going to do a kind of a, an exegetical exposition. I want to use this as an allegory to illustrate something. So Paul's been through uh, quite a boat ride leading up to Acts 28. He's been through quite a boat ride. Um, finally, they get safely to shore. They are on the island of Malta from where we get Maltesers. I really don't know why that came out. It just was there and it just came out. Anyway, verse 2. Oh, the sound man awakes. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. So, the islanders, verse 2. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. It's not a great experience. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. How cool is that? The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. That's so encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm really expecting you to drop dead just any second now. I'm just going to wait. It'll be so encouraging. Where did it go? It went away. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. So you're either demon-possessed and you're going to die or you're a god. It's kind of like nothing in the middle with these people. Um, but here's what happened. Understand, one of the things that the fire does is it drives vipers to the surface. So one of the things that happens in fire seasons is the level of deliverance starts to go up. But for deliverance to go up, manifestations tend to go up too. And church is the best place for that kind of stuff to happen. You're really sounding excited by that. Um, I had, a, had some cool experiences this week um, while out in the business world and um, getting to just, yeah, in the course of it, coming across some Christian people um, that I wasn't expecting and being able to minister the Father's love in the middle of this when they were expecting a nice secular coaching session and they got me and found that that's not what was going to happen and that was really cool. But there was one particular divine appointment that happened this week um, where 
a client had in introduced me to another author because I'm in the middle of writing a book right now and um, she introduced me to this other author who had published a couple of books and said, you guys would get along great, but you know, there's some things he could probably teach you about the industry. I'm like, great, bring that on, love connections like that. Turned out he was a Christian, um, didn't know that beforehand and he had been praying, God, I just, uh, you know, separate to our meeting, he'd been praying, God, I just, I've seen prophecy in the Bible, but I've never seen it like for real like in front of me, and I just, I just want to see it. That was two days before. Um, and then he's driving, he's telling me this later, he's driving to, to meet with me, and he's just going, God, I'm wondering if this is a setup from you. I, I have no idea. Anyway, so I'm sitting there, and I'm actually reading a book that he'd written, which is a, non, a fiction book, and it's funny as. So I'm sitting at my table, and he's waiting out there. I had no idea. So I'm absolutely killing myself laughing at this book because it was really, really funny. Little did I know that he was just a few feet away from me. I'm like, oh, hi. So anyway, long story short, we sat down and he was telling me some stuff that had been going on for him. And as he's talking, I got a really clear word of knowledge as to the source of that torment. And I just said, tell me about this person in your life. And he went, oh, I think they're a mason. I'm like, boom, there's the source of your trauma. You want to deal with that? <laughs> so out on the side of the road, we did a little bit of generational deliverance. And busted the power of that thing, and um, he went off on his way, just going, "Wow, God, you're really funny. I asked for a prophetic experience, and I wasn't. You showed up where I wasn't expecting it. But I felt like, as I was doing that, I felt it was not only a cool experience, but it's a little bit of a sign of the times. Is we're going to meet deliverance in unexpected places at unexpected times, but God's going to be there because fire seasons draw vipers to the surface. Now, here's the thing, though, that Paul did. And this is really the key of this whole thing is what do you do in a fire season? You notice it says he shook it off into the fire. This is the key of a fire season because it gets hot. It brings all your stuff to the surface. All the vipers come out. It's just awesome. <laughs> and you want to go, you know what? I really like boring church. I really like just normal, cool, you know, and get out of the fire. But Paul shook it off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. He, the key to your stuff coming to the surface, but you suffering no ill effects is staying in the fire. When every part of you wants to escape, when every part of you just goes, this is too discouraging, it's too confronting, it's too deep, it's too whatever it is, it's too hard and you want to jump out, the key is stay in the fire. Stay in the fire. And not only do we need to make that choice for ourselves, but as we watch each other as a community going through stuff at the moment, we need to keep encouraging each other, stay in the fire. Don't jump out because your breakthrough is just around the corner. The fact that, this, that, that stuff that has been buried away for a long time is at the surface is awesome because you can get a shot at it. Yeah? yeah? Okay, Daniel chapter 3. This is going to be one of the shortest. Actually, I shouldn't say that too soon. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that at the end if it actually comes true. This is a story, if you've been in church for any length of time, you, you would have heard this story many times. It's when Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and, or, sorry, shake the bed, make the bed, in the bed we go. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. It's the only way I can remember it. Um, get chucked into the furnace. Because King Nebuchadnezzar, like, you know, you think your boss is a bad dude or dudess? You never work for Nebuchadnezzar. So Nebuchadnezzar sets up this statue in his own image and tells everyone to bow down and worship the image of himself. And then says, if you don't bow down and worship the image of me, I will throw you into a fiery furnace. So you think your boss is a megalomaniac? 
Like this is the ultimate megalomaniac. So if your boss is not as bad as that, you're probably going to have an okay day. At least a better day than these guys look like being set up for. Anyway, so as you know the story, rumour gets out that these three dudes are not bowing down to the, the statue. Um, they go and dob to megalomaniac boss and say, hey, these three Jews who previously you really liked, they're not bowing down. So he summons them in and it says he was furious. Now, a megalomaniac murderous king who is furious with you, that's not a great day. Really isn't. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. So you get the idea that this fire is so hot that the guys who aren't even in it that just have to throw them in get killed because of the heat. That's a pretty serious fire. So this wasn't just, you know, a special effects fire. This, was, this, this had some serious hoots bar behind it. Then, verse 24, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men we tied up and threw in the fire? Certainly, Your Majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in a fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High, come out, come here. And so on we go. So they say, um, the Satoist governor's royal advisors crowd around them. They saw the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Like, how many, you, know, you don't even have to be in a fire to smell of a fire, right? You just have to be near it somewhere, like a fire in the same suburb, and you kind of smell of fire. And they didn't even smell of it. A couple of things about this. In the fire is where you meet the fourth man. <laughs> if you don't jump out. That's where you meet Jesus. It was a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus, what we call a Christophany. It's an awesome word, that. If you stay in the fire, you'll meet Jesus in the fire. But here's the key thing. Even though the fire was so hot, it killed these dudes. For the people of God, the only thing that burned in the fire for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were the things that bound them up. There's your promise right there. Twofold promise. One, in the fire, you meet him. And the only things that get burned up are the things that bound you. How many of you feel like you're in the refiner's fire right now? Stand up. Let's gather around. Just wherever you are, let's just gather around these amazing people. We want to pray. One of the first things that we want to pray for is courage. Courage is what you do when you're scared. Okay? Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is what you do when you're scared. It's the choices that you make. This feels too hot. I don't like what's happening. I don't like what's coming up in front of me. We've got two down here if, if you want to come and gather around as well, if there's any spare humans. 
Thanks. If you're feeling like it's too hot, it's too discouraging, I'm too disqualified. There's too many vipers, there's too much trauma, there's too much accusation, there's too much stuff floating around me. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we speak courage to every one of these people that is in the fire. Now, you are the people that are feeling at the hottest at the moment, but I feel like we're, we're actually all in a fire season and whether we know it or whether we're feeling it or not, you're in it and your time of stuff happening will come. That's an awesome promise, isn't it? But what that means is your breakthrough is coming too. But for these ones who are standing right now, we pray extreme amounts of courage to stand in the midst of the fire and to not jump out, to not be discouraged, to not be disheartened, but to know full well that right now you are right in the midst of the will of God. You are right in the midst of his purpose and his plan for your life, no matter how disqualified, ashamed, whatever it is that you feel. You're right in the middle of it. He's bringing it to the surface so it can be ended. Not to shame you, not to disqualify you, but to end it. And we speak to those things that bind in the name of Jesus. And we just cooperate with the fire and just go, let those things that bind us just fall off in the name of Jesus. Let those things just fall off in the name of Jesus. Just like in the refiner's fire, this thing comes across and just goes and scrapes the dross away. Prophetically, we just do that right now. We just, we flick the dross off in the name of Jesus. We just flick it off you. And what remains is something that's purified by fire. What remains is something that is strong, something you can build with, something that you can, in a sense, put your... Um, Put your security in the hands of. You can trust it because it's solid. It's not going to be blown over. For those of you that feel like your relationships are going through the fire, I just want to speak courage to you to hang in there, to keep at it, to not jump out. Listen carefully for the, for the voice. Listen carefully for the fourth man showing up in the middle of that situation. Okay, just where you are, if you've got stuff for it, just, just begin to pray for each of them where, wherever you are. If you feel like you've got prophetic words, release them. Otherwise, just, just speak courage, speak grace. Pray, pray for them how you feel led to pray. I'm just going to give you a couple of minutes to do that. One of the things we just saw is that in the fire we meet that fourth man who is Jesus. One of the best ways to stay in the fire is just to worship Him. To just to call out to Him and say, in this season I need you. I need you more than anything. Because when you come out of the fire, you come out deeper connected. You come out with a, a level of intimacy that you didn't have before. And you come out with a weight that was on your shoulders that's no longer there.
So one of the best things we can do in a fire season is just lift up our hearts and worship Him, whether we feel like it or not. Because how we feel doesn't change who He is. He is always worthy. So let's stay in the fire, but as we're in the fire, let's worship. Let's lift Him up.